0: that people can do either when they're bullying themselves internally things that they're saying in their head or things that you know people are saying outside of them my belief is is that the reason the external bully is so so detrimental is because the internal bully is so loud and so I will say things to myself that I would never think of saying to someone else in fact we do an event in our live programs when we go to schools and and businesses that really drives that point home. People will say things to themselves they would never think of saying to someone else. And so I like to help them, first of all, become aware of their internal language towards themselves and then help them start to change that.
1: True. Just out of curiosity, every generation has this uh, fight, internal fight, that we're our own hardest critic. Why do you think that is?
0: Well, (laughs) In my opinion, we're getting into uh, beliefs now, religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. I absolutely believe that there is a dark side and a light side, so to speak. I call my higher power God and and the other power, I, I call him Satan. And I believe that Satan will attack us at any opportunity that he can. God stands at the door and knocks, but Satan enters at will. And if we don't constantly guard our mind and we don't harness the power of our mind, we give that power to other, other beings than ourselves, whether it can be a teacher that said something to us when we were young and we constantly replay that, that saying in our head or something a parent has said, we need to learn how to harness the power of our minds
1: so here's the big question everybody's asking how do you build a resilient confident child from your explanation of the book i would state that if you have a strong inner self then you're not going to be bullied or it's not going to affect you
0: yes absolutely and it's a decision that you make an action that you take and i remember watching the, the day very very clearly with this thought started formulating in my head. I'd been a teacher for maybe six months, and I was standing at the door of my classroom welcoming my students in. And there was a student walking down the hallway, we'll call him Timmy. And Timmy, um, another student said something to Timmy. And in my opinion, it wasn't that bad. You know, he called him a name. Well, Timmy came on into my classroom, I'm like, hey bud, how you doing? And he was totally torn up, he was upset, he was crying. And so I, I worked with him for a while, and I thought, wow, that's that, that really bothered him. Something that didn't seem very severe to me really bothered this kid. Yeah. And so I, I gave him as much support as I could. And then later on in the day, later on that afternoon, again, I'm standing at the door welcoming in students. And and another student was walking down the hallway, and we'll call this student Jacob. And Jacob was, in my opinion, <laughs> Verbally berated by another student. I mean, it was, in my opinion, horrendous. And Jake comes into my classroom, I'm like, hey man, you okay? He's like, oh yeah, that guy's just an idiot. <laughs> the first time I started going, wait a minute, what was the difference between these two students? Yeah. One student was horrendously, in my opinion, horrendously attacked. The other student, you know, not so much so. What was the difference? And that started my research and my my insight and my discovery into what the difference was, why some people can get bullied and it can devastate and other students or people, it doesn't affect at all. And I found out that it was that personal value, that belief in self. If I believe I'm valuable, it doesn't matter what someone else says to
1: me. Mm, absolutely. So the question becomes as a teacher, as a parent, um, if your child uh, is being, or takes it much more in, right, and has low self-esteem, what can we do to support them to build their confidence and resilience? Beautiful question. I love this question. <laughs> and the way is to prove yourself
0: first. Now, I'm a mother. I have four children. And before I knew this concept... I would get up in the morning and I'd be walking by a mirror and I'd be, oh my gosh, I look like a mess. I I forgot to brush my hair today (laughs) or what? And then I realized, wait a minute, my children are watching me all of the time. And so I started. I'd walk into the living room and I am like, dun dun dun, dun, dun! look at this, check out this hair. I've been going on it. (laughs) Gorgeous. (laughs) I would start train what I wanted my children to do. Okay, so here's a really great thing. If you have, now this works really great with toddlers. If they're teenagers, you gotta work on them for a bit. But the next time you walk into a store and the glass doors whoosh open, then you're gonna throw your hands up and you're gonna say, (laughs) dun-dun-dun! Surprise! It is so fun to watch your little kid step in repose and say, i oh, here. Yeah. That's <laughs> fun. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the saying, the self-affirmation, let's call them, um, saying positive things that children will hear it, um, is that because it conditions their mind, so what they continuously hear, that will form their beliefs?
0: subconscious mind, and without derailing the whole subject on that, I'm just going to give a brief, brief little bit. So we have the conscious mind, we have the subconscious mind, and then in between it is called the reticular activating system. Short is RAS. And so when that RAS, it filters between my consciousness and my subconscious. My subconscious brings in 40 bits of information in a second whereas my conscious mind can only deal with about 40. So the subconscious brings it all in and goes, oh, pay attention to this, oh, pay attention to this, oh, we can ignore that. So if I have taught my mind that I am not valuable, it allows me to see information that says, yep, you're right, you're not valuable. If I have taught my mind that I am valuable, then it goes about finding validation for for that information as well. So whatever I believe my subconscious validates and gives back to me. Self affirmations help me teach my subconscious that I am important. That's why they're so valuable. Now the RAS, the Articular Activating System may not let it through the first time. That's why you have to say it continually, continually to reprogram that subconscious. Mm.
1: It makes so much sense. I hear my daughter, say things that I said last week or one month ago, right? Questions that I would ask her, she would throw back at me. I mean, positive as negatives.
0: Absolutely. So here's an example. I have a daughter and a son that are nine years apart. And my daughter would walk in from school and say, hey, mom, guess what? And then she would tell me a story or whatever. The only way I became aware of that is that my son would walk into the living room and go, Hey mom, guess what? Oh really? I'd <laughs> be like, What? On <laughs> the, the third time he did that, I'm like, Buddy, you're supposed to say something after that. I'm like, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you coming from? Well, right after that, my daughter walks in and goes, Hey mom, guess what? And I'm like, Bingo. <laughs>
1: what can you do as a third party, let's say?
0: So beautiful, beautiful question. In my book, I talk about the pyramid to bully-proofing. And the bottom tier is all about personal value. So I'm going to build my students up. So um, when I would take role, they would have a word that they would say for the day. And so I would say, hey, Jenny. And she would stand up and say, I'm positive. Or I'd say, no, that's how I would take role is having them declare or as you said, self-affirmation, having them declare their work for the day. And so they would pick things like strong and smart and, and intelligent and, and a good decision maker. So things like that. So I'd call their name and that's what would be how they would answer, instead of just the typical here and, and other <laughs> things, going there. When I was a PE teacher, I taught driver's ed, I taught uh, health sciences, I taught a bunch of different subjects. But it would be the same thing. You would constantly say things like, hey, wow, that's that's a really good good job. What do you think about it? Because if, if I have decided that I don't like myself and that I'm stupid and there's nothing you can say that will make a difference, I have to make a new decision. I have to start deciding that I'm smart. And so as a teacher, I I started with that, wow, you're really smart. Why do you think you're so smart? Or what makes you so smart? student has to start searching their files for validation of why they're smart
1: so should we continuously tell how great they are where do you put it to the reality of doing an okay job and a very good job
0: beautiful question and if you so as a parent and i'm trying to teach my son how to mow the lawn let's use that for an example okay and First time he's mowed the lawn, and I go out, and it's a wreck. All <laughs> right, the, the line's all crooked, and he's missing. I'm like, buddy, I am so proud of you for getting up and having the courage to try this for your first time. Fabulous first-time job. Yeah. Now, let's correct it a little bit. What do you think could look better with the yard? Mm-hmm. I constantly ask questions because they know the answer, my students you know, my students were high school students. They were more adept at this than some students. They were, I taught at an alternative high for 16 of my 17 years of teaching. And my students had learned how to manipulate very, very well. They'd learned how to manipulate the system. They'd learned how to manipulate, you know, and it wasn't that they meant to manipulate, it was a survival technique for them. I remember very specifically, A student and I were having a conversation, and I had given him back his paper, and I said, this sucks. You need to redo this. And he gets upset. He's like, well, well, what do you mean it sucks? And I said, you didn't even spell your name right on the paper. I'm not going to accept this. Well, other teachers, would. they give me points, and I'm like, well, that's okay. You can do better than this. You're better than this. Knock this off. And at first it was a big struggle, but by the end of the school year, he came to me and he said, Jeannie, you were the best teacher I've ever had because you pushed me yeah. and you didn't accept mediocrity.
1: Yeah, that's what leaders do, right?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. As a parent, when you it's not just about praising your child or praising your student or praising your friend. It's about reality and getting them to know that. Hey, you know what those pants don't look great on you maybe you should pick a different pair <laughs> it's Absolutely okay to say that it's also okay to say hey in my opinion you might want to wear the green instead of the red it's okay to do that when we do that we're more trustworthy
1: yeah Absolutely. Being real, right? Not always being just friendly because it's the same with friends, right? When they're always polite, but you never really know when are they honest with you. Right. And that's right. what we so roam we're on.
0: We're mm. so afraid. Our, our culture has created the fear in people to say what they're thinking and feeling because they're afraid of offending somebody. They're afraid of being sued. They're afraid of being attacked, whatever it is. And so we have... A majority of good people that are afraid to say something my belief is hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. and so if someone is lashing out and calling you names and yelling and screaming at you it's not about you it's about them and their pain and so if I can look at that person and go wow you must be having a really bad day how can I help
1: yeah. then
0: it it shifts, you know, and in the, in the last part of my book, it goes through tons of different scenarios on how to ask questions, to move people out of their pain, and into a solution mode. Yeah. If I just sit back, in fact, I, um, one of my mentors put a post on, on uh, Twitter the other day that said he was in the airport and watching some very inappropriate behavior. Now I know what I did because I know him but he didn't say that in the in the tweet. He just asked, what would you do? And this gentleman was was physically 100% just fine, but he was sitting in a handicapped, you know, one of those wheelchairs. He was just sitting in it, lounging in it, using all kinds of vulgar language, playing music that was totally out of, you know, just being vulgar and obnoxious. And he asked the question, what would you do? My mentor asked the question, what would you do? And I said, that's a really tough question. And if I remember that hurt people hurt people, and this young man was hurting, and I can go up to him and in an appropriate, you know, respectful manner, let him know that, hey, your behavior is in- unacceptable. You're, a, you know, you're, you're noise polluting, whatever you want to call it. You're noise polluting this area. How can I help you? Your, your symptoms are screaming out for help. How could I help? Yeah. That that can be scary. That can be intimidating. You're not sure what to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, imagine how society would change if we would have that courage in us to do that.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So what do you believe more people should be asking? You know, if we take some questions from the end of the book. So the
0: Asking a question is that, so when somebody's bullying, and they're acting, they're totally reacting, they're not thinking, yeah. they're in pain, and they're in survival mode, and they're lashing out. So let's use the young gentleman in the airport. If I had have walked up to him and said, hey, how you doing today? He, you know, whatever, <laughs> that would not move him to thinking. Mm-hmm. That is a, a response question, and he would have just said whatever he would have said. But if I had walked up to him and said, hey, what's your favorite meal? What do you like eating? You know, what's what do you what's your favorite color? Anything like that that is not an expected question causes the person to think and process instead of just react.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. So if I
0: walk up let's say let's say that um, at work, we'll use a workplace example. I'm at work and there's a person that that constantly belittles me. Or tells me I'm not doing a good job or or anything of that nature if I engage them in a conversation of hey what's your favorite meal hey what's your favorite color you know just start interacting with them remind myself that hurt people hurt people and it has nothing to do with me if I can remember. show a little bit of courage, then I can reach across that bridge of pain and help them.
1: Yeah. What is one or two questions that somebody asked you that changed your life?
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So many, so many. Uh, I think the biggest question I asked myself was... How can I? When I was first presented with the option of writing a book and transitioning from the classroom to the stage, I was scared to death. I, you know, the voices of my teachers telling me, you can't do this. You're, you're stupid. You're, you know, all of that came rushing back. And I sat down and I took a couple of deep breaths and I went, does what I have has it helped me absolutely I've seen those tools help others yep absolutely I've helped students for years now can I help more students more people yes absolutely if I were able to give them these tools that I have developed how can I yeah how can I reach more people hmm And it was doing podcasts just like this one here today and um, writing my book. I'm now on my third book. My first two books became a bestseller. Thank you, Lord. Congratulations. (laughs) And and, um, it's just that matter of how can I? How can I start believing in myself? How can I be a better model for my children so that they can be bully-proof? How can I bring an environment into my work? So that the whole place shines. I want people to say, I like me best when I'm with you.
1: Mm. Because
0: I give them the courage to be them instead of a copy of Mm.
1: Wow. And that in return puts forward that you're at your best self. That you love yourself. So the, the circle closes of what you're saying.
0: Yes. It's having that courage to speak up. When I, you know, when something happens and I'm like, oh, I should say something. No, I'm afraid. No, I am brave. I act with boldness and courage. I'm going to be true to me, and then I say what it is that I think, I feel I should say, in a kind, respectful manner.
1: Mm-hmm. What are one two questions that or frameworks that you find yourself using continuously in your everyday with your children or friends? <laughs>
0: So my day starts with my declarations to myself, mm-hmm. such as I act with boldness and courage. I have rich knowledge and experience to share. I am a divine radiant goddess, a world-class inspired author, speaker, and teacher. Um, those are some of my declarations that lead me and guide me throughout my day.
1: And can I just ask there, do you write them down? Do you tell them to yourself? Do you tell them with yourself with intensity? Or, I mean, does any of this matter how you do it?
0: All of the above. (laughs) (laughs) In the morning when I'm in the shower, I'll be playing my music, my inspirational epic music, and I'll be declaring them in the shower, and I'll say them in a loud voice and just get them out there. Then there are times throughout the day when I'm in a crowd of people and I'll whisper it to myself, I act with boldness and courage. And then I do what I feel like I should do. Now, there are times when, when I want to yell at people too respectful way to do this. No, How can I state this more respectfully and still get my point across? So I'm not just saying that it's okay to go out there and willy-nilly do whatever it is you want to do. No, treat others with respect, treat yourself with respect.
1: That is really thoughtful and brings brings the point across of how you actually ask the question how much that matters.
0: Another question that I frequently ask is, I'll ask myself the question, why would a reasonable, rational adult behave this way? Ooh. Sometimes the answer is... Well, they wouldn't. Okay, so what emotion is causing them to behave this way? And then I can tune into if they're in pain or if they're frustrated or if they're angry or whatever. So when I ask that question, why would a reasonable, rational adult behave this way? It helps me tap into why they're lashing out and why they are in pain. And it makes it much easier For me to not take it personally.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you're with the question. You're trying to understand the other person.
0: Correct. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So the first thing is always active listening and just trying to understand the counterpart before we ask anything.
0: Yeah. Well, if if you so I want you to picture for a moment you're you're holding a cup in front of you, Mm -hmm. and we'll call this your emotional cup. And when you get somebody comes by and yells at you or screams at you They just a the whole bunch in your emotional cup then you get upset and angry and you have more emotion in your cup Most people walk around with an emotional cup that is filled clear to the brim <laughs> to the brim and so any little stressor causes their emotional cup to overflow and the way it overflows it comes out usually ugly and on other people and they spew hatred and anger and frustration all on other people. Well in the process of spewing that out, they get a little bit of space in their emotional cup and they feel better. The problem is, is that they just filled everybody else's cup around them and now those people go and dump their cup on someone else. Mm-hmm. It just continues and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. If you learn how to manage your emotions properly and you unload on paper instead of people, then we don't have those ugly blow-ups that we see.
1: I like that picture, having an emotional cup. We'll keep that one. Can we go back to if you're in front of a child, right? So I'm picturing being with my child or, um, and either they're on the side of being bullied or, uh, they're on the side of being a bully and they're just in a, in a, in a bad state, right? They're, they're hurt, um, or they're upset. How do you, what do you do in that exact moment?
0: Beautiful. So let's say Sally comes home and says, mama, so-and-so called me, blah, blah, blah. And they say all these words. Yeah. I look at little Sally and I say, Ah, Sally, aren't you glad I don't believe that?
1: (laughs) That's unexpected.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's the most powerful thing you will ever use for your children. I learned this from Jim Fay of Love and Logic, who lives in Colorado. Um, Jim Fay and Foster Klein have a, a parenting program called Love and Logic. And it is absolutely phenomenal. And when I first started teaching myself to use that magical one-liner, I screwed it up many times. (laughs) (laughs) When I finally got it right, it was powerful. Because in that moment, I teach Sally that she has the power to choose what labels stick and what labels she removes and leaves beside or behind she gets rid of Mm -hmm. that's the most powerful thing you can do for your child is teach them how to accept or reject other people's opinions and then you do the same model that behavior when somebody says something to you you can say thank you for sharing that doesn't mean you agree with it it doesn't mean that you accept it all it means is that I heard you Mm -hmm. and then Walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shows them that you are kind and respectful, while still keeping up. I call it a hamster ball. I have this little fear, this fear that goes around with me in my little hamster ball. And when people hurl insults or or daggers or whatever at me, they hit my little hamster ball. They go, and then they just slide down the front into a little puddle.
1: I love your visual language. That is great. Okay. So, so if we say now we're on the bully side, what do you do when you, you are parents of a bully?
0: Beautiful. If my child is bullying, it's because my child is hurting. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go from, I'm going to go from the perspective of the teacher because a, a, a parent who has a bully doesn't always see it. Because that child is learning that behavior at home. Mm -hmm. However, as a teacher, I have access and I can see things that maybe parents may not see. And So when I see a child bullying another one on the playground, I know that bully is in pain. And then the next day at lunch, I'll go sit by that kid and say, hey, what's going on? What's happening? And just ask them questions. hey, how are things at home? Or how are your grades going? Or, you know, in my, my case, it would be most of the time a student would have a court case coming up or a family visit coming up or something like that. Or they, you know, he was on med management. Our kids were in such a high-risk factor, you know, was such a high-risk group that there was always something going on with that kid. And by me reaching out to them, it gave them a way to dump their emotional cup appropriately instead of lashing out at others. And and so if you if or you know, if you do see that if if you have concerns that your child may be a bully, I'm gonna give you a very, very powerful tool right now that you can do with them. Mm-hmm. Remember earlier when I talked about I unload on paper, not people? Yeah so anytime i feel like my emotional cup is getting full or i start feeling like i have emotions stored up i pull out a piece of paper okay in fact i do this almost 80. so i pull out a piece of paper and i divide it right down the middle and on the left hand side of that paper i write write everything that i want left behind or i want left out of my life and i write i feel frustrated because I feel angry because I feel hurt because so whatever it is and I just write 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 I don't worry about spelling I don't worry about punctuation I don't worry about if anybody can even read it I just get get a hold of that emotion and get it out of me it comes from my mind it comes from my heart out my arm and down onto the paper yeah and so I get all of those emotions out I feel angry hurt sad frustrated because write it all out then i take that and i tear it off of the piece of paper and then my favorite is i go burn it off my back porch (laughs) (laughs) Shred it you can whatever but you're going to get it away from you so you're going to get a hold of your emotions and you're going to get them up and out of you and then away from you i like to burn it but you can shred it you can throw it away then on the right hand side Because this is the right way to do it. I write, I feel blessed because I feel happy because I feel excited because I am so, you know, stoked. Whatever your words are. yeah. And then the right side, I keep and I read. And I keep it for a whole week. And usually at the end of the week, I have seven papers. And then I file those seven papers away and I start all over again.
1: That's a beautiful. That's a great habit. I mean, also because if you look back then on the year, you will also see maybe all of the memories that you wrote down, right? That you would have forgotten, and you would focus more on the really nice memories you had than on the negative ones. So that's. A...
0: I have just a, a cheap spiral bound journal that I can get here. I get them at Walmart. I'm not sure where you guys would get them, but it's just spiral bound. The tape pages tear out really easy. Yeah. And it's black, and that's for my left hand side of my paper. Okay. Then I have a knife bound journal um, that is usually a bright color or really fancy, and that's for all the I feel happy because that's for the right side of the paper. So I have these two journals because I got so many little pieces of paper all over it in my folder that I just started doing a journal.
1: Janie, I can't believe it. It happened. The time is already over. <laughs> See, that's what I meant. We just keep on, keep on going. Tell the listeners yeah. where can they go. What should they look at?
0: So we have um, Facebook. I've started doing mentoring moments almost daily on Facebook. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that they can look at. The neat thing about my name, Jeannie Cisco Meth, is that if you if you Google genie cisco meth or just cisco meth and it's spelled like computers and drugs (laughs) pull that together you will find me Um,
1: janie i wanted to thank you again for the great advice you gave today
0: absolutely thank you it's been an absolute pleasure yeah if i can teach my kids proper